0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Did you finish you that? <laughs> we're, about one half, we're about halfway there. We're just saying that he's off to a nice start. Why does it have to be all or nothing
2: all the time?
3: Like, what am I doing? I'm doing it for the show. Field of 68 till I die. This is the Field of 68 After Dark Show. The only place that you need to be for college hoops every single
2: night.
1: i Bet Rivers. I'm Megan McEwen, And we got a fabulous starting lineup for you tonight talking all Big Ten hoops. First and foremost, the Rutgers former great Geo Baker is with us. You've the Purdue former great Robbie Hummel also in the house knowing all things Big 10 and you have the field of 68 great Jeff Goodman everyone's favorite college basketball insider with us tonight are we ready to rock and roll fellas
2: Ready to go ready to go We I'm got we got go two out. players in here and yeah. one I don't even know what so that's <laughs> we're ready to go
1: Who has I a still higher cannot jump you, Hummel
2: Oh you go. god okay <laughs>
1: More vertical talk to uh, come between Hummel and Jeff Goodman. But we got a Big Ten preview coming in to this season. We're going to be going over top storylines, League X factors. Where are the guards? Has this become a big man league like completely? Who are your player of the year picks? We got power rankings and much, much more. But let's start off, guys, with storylines. Gio, starting with you, what is your top storyline headed into this year in the Big Ten?
4: For me, this may surprise some people. Honestly, I got the the new look Illinois team. Uh, I think they're my biggest storyline right now. I really like the transfers that they got coming in, and Matthew Mayer, uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. I think Coleman Hawkins is going to be a breakout player as well. So I'm really excited to see them play. I think they're going to play a different style than the Big Ten is used to seeing.
1: Matthew Mayer no longer has his Meyer rather no longer has his mullet. By the way, so that is something very important to note. He left that in Waco. Robbie, what you got?
2: I'm going to say who is the teams that are second through like nine, you know, like I, I, I don't know. I think that you could pick any combination of people at, in those spots. And I, I just, it's, it's a very strange year for the league. There's a ton of turnover. Indiana's the lone team that returns most of their production. I just think that, you know, when you're filling in your slots in the, in the order of big 10 finish at the end of the year, it, it could be a number of different teams. And I think that's going to make for a really exciting season.
3: I'm going to go with, uh, the place where I'm spending all my money right now, and that is uh, Bloomington, Indiana, uh, where my daughter is. And are they for real? Like, I know everybody's got them as a top 10-ish team in the preseason, but they are a team that, frankly, wasn't great for most of the year last year and had to beat Michigan and Illinois just to get into the first four. And eventually they were blown out by Randy Bennett in, in St. Mary's in the the actual NCAA tournament.
2: In fairness, that, that trip was brutal, Jeff. It was. That's it was. a brutal turnaround. But what
3: about the, the brutal trip that they barely got into the NCAA tournament? <laughs> that was brutal as well, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we can stick here with Indiana because this is truly a massive storyline. The Hoosiers come in. Everyone's preseason favorite, no matter where you're looking. The Almanacs for the field of 68's preseason favorite as well. Trace Jackson Davis returns. He's the preseason player of the year. Robbie, what makes him – why is there so much hype around him right now?
2: Well, he's a big-time athlete. He's one of those guys that, that stuck through. is now in his fourth year of playing college basketball. I think for, for Trace Jackson Davis, you know, he hasn't been able to maybe showcase the ability to step out and shoot, and that's maybe limited his ceiling. But at the end of the day, you know what you're going to get from him. He loves to get to that left hand. I thought he was a lot better defensively. I thought he was a much better leader last year. Um, but if he's going to take the next step and even play professionally at a high level and and stick professionally at a high level, the shot making has, has got to improve. You know, it's just, you have to be able to spread the floor in today's game. And that would help Indiana astronomically if he could spread the floor. And I think that's a big question mark for for him. But when you look at this Indiana team in general, shooting again is the question. And it's, it's not just Trace Jackson Davis. It's, you know, race Thompson. Can Miller cop be more consistent? um does Xavier Johnson who was an oak you know he he's more of a a slasher penetrator get to the paint play pick and roll um their best shooter was Parker Stewart and he's no longer on the roster so there there are question marks like Jeff said but they return so much of their production they've got a really good freshman class and I think because of that Indiana is the surefire pick for me at number one that doesn't mean they're going to finish number one but right now on paper they should be the the top team in the league because of who they bring back
4: yeah I I like I like who they're bringing back as well I agree and I I think that you know, you have to assume that Trace Jackson Davis has been working on his outside game. You have to assume that Ray Thompson is going to improve as a three-point shooter. Same thing with Xavier Johnson. I like the freshman that they have coming in. Um, Hood Shafino, Shif- he's, awesome. he's going to be a really good player. Um, you know, but looking at it from a player's perspective, right, for the guys who are returning in the Big Ten, nobody's scared of Indiana. Nobody, Nobody's looking at Indiana like Oh, oh man, this we got to get ready to play Indiana, right? Because this is a team that hasn't really been in the top half of the Big Ten for the past couple of years, right? So I think you have to look at it in that sense too, where you know, a lot of people on the outside are hyping them up. But you know, for the people who are coming back, Indiana at for me at Rutgers, when we when we were playing Indiana, we knew we were going in with a win. Like that was our mindset. So that's crazy. I mean, think about that.
3: Yeah, Yeah, like that. We're talking about them as a preseason top 10 team, and and you're right, you're
4: saying like they don't have that intimidation factor. They've got to earn that this year. Exactly. I do think I do think they're going to be really good this year. I, I definitely give them their respect in that sense. But just from a player's perspective, um, no one is looking at them like damn. Indiana is the top dog. Right.
1: They have so many returners coming back, which is why there is so much hype surrounding them. But Jeff, everyone's talking about freshman Jalen Huchefino. What does he bring to the team?
3: He's big. He knows how to play. He can pass it. He's not a great shooter though. So that that's the one thing is. You know, to me, obviously, their, their biggest need, they were really good defensively last year, but their biggest need, like Robbie said, is shooting. Yeah. And Huchifino is not a guy that's going to go out there and shoot 38% for three as a freshman. They've got to do it collectively. And X has got to be the guy to me. His shot's funky, yeah. but it went in last year. It did. It went in, and it's got to do that again. And if he can shoot high 30s, and everybody else can be a little bit better, Tamar Bates has got
2: to be better. He, he can be the X-factor, Jeff. Tamar you know, Bates can be a guy that I think takes that jump and and can be a guy that makes shots from the perimeter.
1: And speaking of shot makers, like Indiana shot 33% as a team from three last season. Not fantastic. Miller Cop comes in. He's supposed to be the guy, the shooter. What does he need to do in order to be that guy, Robbie?
2: Make some shots. Fair
1: enough. <laughs> he has to be a maker. Yeah, he's,
2: a he needs to be needs a shot maker. And we, we saw it. In spurts last year against yeah. Syracuse, I, I want to say at twenty-eight. You know, at at Purdue end of the season, made shots, got to his one dribble pull-up because he had made a couple threes. Um, I, you just need him to spread the floor. That that, that is what you need. Miller Cop needs to make threes and guard his 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 yard. He needs to be I able think, to stay in front of his man. Th- that I is that is a better. huge thing for Indiana if he can do that. I
4: think he's definitely going to be better than what he looked like last year. Um, you know, if you look back at his, at his years at Northwestern, like he was always at the top of the scout when we were playing against Northwestern, um, you know, really good player, really good shot maker. I think at his worst, he's going to be a lot better three point shooter this year than he was last year.
1: That's just going to help Indiana so much more, especially with the front court that they're bringing back this season. in a couple months from now, when we're sitting here talking about Indiana, will they live up to the hype that they've received so far in the preseason? Jeff. I don't know.
3: I mean, listen. <laughs> the one The one thing I'll say That's is soft answer. Don't let them off like that, Megan. Press on. All right, the right listen. Here, here's why I'll say yes. Aren't because you on I, the board? Because I'm paying, paying no,
2: tuition. Because I'm paying tuition. Nothing to do with that.
3: Nothing to do with the fifty grand I got to pay. Um, <laughs> it's it's because I don't think the Big Ten is all that overpowering this year. I mm-hmm. think there's a lot of parity in the league. There's no other great teams. We're gonna get to it, right? The Michigan States that are generally the, the team that you do fear, Gio. Yep. And you don't right now. They're not overwhelming. So I think Indiana, because they return a lot and they've got maybe the best player in the league, certainly one of them in Trace Jackson Davis. And I, I love Trace. I, can I just say like how refreshing Trace Jackson Davis is from a standpoint? Last year, they, they beat Illinois um, in the Big Ten tournament, which basically punches their ticket. And he gets up on the podium. And he basically, where a lot of players aren't, he was completely honest. And he says, since because he was really good against Kofi that game. Really good. And he said, last time we played Kofi, he he basically ate my lunch, and I haven't been the same since. You know, it it just absolutely crushed me mentally. Like, how many kids would actually (laughs) say that and and be honest about it? I, I love Trace. Love him.
1: I just want to see him go hard every single possession. I think that there are times where he does take plays off. So can he consistently go hard and live up to that preseason player of the year hype? So Indiana going to be a fun team to watch this season. Let's pivot to Illinois. Geo Baker's top storyline headed into this preseason preview. Why is Illinois a team on your watch? Listen, Kofi Coburn is gone. In fact, like 10 players are gone. Their top five scorers are gone. This Illinois team, if you're a fan, you need a roster for the first couple of games, just to like make sure you got the numbers and the names all correct here. It's going to be a different style of play, but what are you expecting to see out of Illinois, Geo?
4: I mean, I really like the defensive versatility that they have, you know, with Matthew Meyer, Terrence Shannon Jr., Coleman Hawkins. I think they're going to be able to switch a lot of ball screens. It's going to be definitely going to be very different, but I think the thing about Coach Underwood is he's already shown he can adjust. Like if you remember back like a few, year, a few years back, they played a completely different defense before Kofi came, right, where they were all... Completely over their man. Right. And he was able to adjust when Kofi came in, you know, changed the entire defense. So I think anyone who thinks that he's not going to be able to adjust again uh, is is wrong. Right. And I, I think that I'm just really excited about their team. You know, Matthew Meyer obviously has already won a national championship. Terrence Shannon, I think they won 30 games last year. So they're bringing winning winning players. And I think Coleman Hawkins is going to be really good. I mean, super athletic, can shoot the ball. Uh, very versatile, so I'm really excited to see them play. And I really like the freshman point guard, too. I, I was watching a lot of his film. I know he's coming off of a, a torn ACL, I think. But, um, you know, the way he just moves the ball, he's, he's very unselfish.
1: Yeah. Sky Clark, and I know, Jeff, you had an opportunity to see him play. Why do the Illini trust him to potentially be the starter with the ball in his hands?
3: So I think he'll be the starter, but what Brad told me was that he's not necessarily going to have the ball in his hands a mm. ton. He's not. They're not going to run it like a traditional point guard. Uh, they're going to have different guys initiating offense. Yep. You know, you're going to see Terrence Shannon. I think I think he's going to be their best player and leading scorer. He, he's a culture guy that just wasn't – honestly, he wasn't really uh, featured at Texas Tech, which nobody is offensively, and he was also hurt a lot last year. So I think Shannon's going to be great. Meyer, it's going to be interesting to, to see what he does. Uh, they've got some good freshmen. As you said, Sky Clark, probably the most pivotal one. But they got a kid, Ty Rodgers, who's an absolute killer, like just tough. He's just he's not going to put up huge offensive numbers. But I think every game he's going to get like eight or ten points, five or six boards, couple assists, couple steals and just give them toughness and, and versatility.
1: Coach Underwood also talked about how much faster this team's going to play. They want to try to score within seven seconds on the shot clock. Robbie, what kind of advantage does that give Illinois in the Big Ten?
2: With their personnel, a huge one. You know, I, I think what Geo said about them defensively is totally accurate. And him bringing up the – I don't know what you even call it. It was like the the suicide blitz defense. Yeah, like I don't know what that was. Being <laughs> so far up your line. And I don't think it will be like that. But I think they might throw in some some full-court pressure. I think, yep. like Gio said, they're going to switch five ways. And, and they're going to make it really uncomfortable to run offense – and in transition, they're, they're going to let those guys get out and and be in the open court. Matthew Meyer, you know, I, I had a lot of Baylor games his freshman, sophomore year when I was doing more Big 12, and there's not many dudes where you're watching the warm-ups and, and he's taken off from just inside the free throw line, cocking it back and just hammering it. You know, yep. he, he is that type of athlete. Now, the question for me is, is he healthy? And I think with Matthew Meyer, sometimes the question also is how interested is he? Um If he's engaged, he's really good. I saw him in the NCAA tournament in Fort Worth last year, and he was their best player against Carolina. Almost brought him him back. They were down huge. Terrence Shannon, I think, is going to have a terrific year. R.J. Melendez um, is a guy that could certainly break out. I I really like his game. Um, How how important do you think? The the Luke Goody injury is out probably.
3: It's, at it's, least a month and out.
2: He's a shot maker. He's he's another guy with size that that hurts him. Um, I, ultra guy Gio, too. Geo mentioned Coleman Hawkins. That to me is going to be incredibly interesting. Last year, if you watched Coleman play, when they were playing a directional school, he looked great. Early in the season, they're they're playing people that aren't very good. Oh. He, he's a little loose with it. Yeah, and sometimes you can get away with that, but against good people. Now, I, I'm really interested to see what Coleman Hawkins has added in this offseason. He, he could end up making that big jump, but he, he scares me. me. He, I don't think he, he'll make he a big
3: one. Dude. I think he'll make an incremental one.
2: I just think when you're playing good people, I i don't trust him yet. Yep. Yeah.
1: When you say he's not going to make a big jump, is it going to be a Goodman-sized vertical jump or a Robbie hummel sized vertical <laughs> jump when it comes down to it?
2: Man, Jeff, well, first of all, Jeff just hating on the work that Coleman Hawkins has put in this summer. Not no, that I'm, I'm just saying
3: people got him as like this big breakout guy who's going to go from averaging 5 to 15. I think it's going to go from 5 to 10.
2: Look, his skill set can make you salivate over him. Sure I mean, with is. his size, and you you watch him against certain teams last year. I, I did their first game of the year, and I was like, man, Coleman Hawkins is bringing the ball up because I think Trent Frazier was out. And all their guards were hurt. So they were playing Coleman Hawkins at the five defensively, and he was bringing the ball up. There's not many guys that can do that in college basketball. But at the same time, man, when when it got to Big Ten play and you had to grind it out and you had to be physical and you had to be disciplined, that's where there was a lot of fall off there for me.
1: How much credit can you give him defensively? Because he does provide that switchability now because he is athletic, can guard on the perimeter, and now Illinois can do a lot of different things on that end of the floor.
2: Yeah, playing him at the five compared to Kofi, it's it's a much different look. Now there's pros and cons to Kofi moving on, but with Coleman Hawkins, yes, every ball screen doesn't have to be drop coverage. You can now switch. You you can hard hedge. You can blitz. You can do a lot of different things with him there. But I mean that that's a that's a different animal right there. And I think we're going to get into that. Is the Kofi departure good, bad, indifferent, whatever? But Coleman Hawkins does give them the ability to be versus defensively.
1: Well, let's, let's take it there, Robbie, while we're on the subject. Geo, Kofi Coburn, a legendary player for Illinois, is going to go down as one of the all-time greats. What are the pros of him being gone, or what are the cons of him lo- leaving the program?
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: Gio de
4: Say that again, guys. Sorry,
1: man. He's got other things too. Multitasking at his finest. Uh, Kofi no, Cobra. Uh,
4: the fire alarm was going off in my. building.
1: Fire alarm. <laughs> was, hey, stay safe.
2: Don't, don't risk it all for this podcast. Yeah,
1: I'm to risk it all.
2: <laughs> 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 I was muted video. though. I was good. I was muted. Yeah, we did. You
4: guys, you guys didn't hear it going on. Oh, no, no. we didn't hear the fire alarm. No. Oh, <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Sounds to <laughs> the guys doing the production. Then they, they muted me real quick.
1: Fire alarm okay so here's a fire drill Kofi Coburn pros and cons of him leaving Illinois
4: I think I think there's definitely some some cons to it obviously I mean a guy like Kofi Coburn coming in uh you know just a big guy down low you can always feed him you know no matter what what you're going to get from him you're going to get a double double every night I think the cons for Illinois without Kofi Coburn I mean the pros without him is uh you know, ball screen coverage, like for us, whenever we played against Illinois, we always knew Kofi was going to be in a deep drop. Like, so for Deal me, baker, just,
2: pull up 15 feet, up. exactly, it.
4: exactly. You know, and it, and it was honestly automatic. We didn't really need to run much offense. We just knew we had to get Kofi in a ball screen action. So I think without that right team, they're going to be able to guard a lot better this year. I think. I like the fact, honestly, they're a
3: better regular season team with Kofi, but in the, in the tournament, I like their chances to go to the second weekend because I think, again, defensively, you've got the switchability. Um, you, you saw how teams – now, certain teams can do it and certain teams can't take advantage of Kofi, right? You need you need bigs to be able to pull them out a little bit. You need to be able to put them in ball screens. Most teams can do that now. So I honestly think they have a better chance of going deeper in the tournament without Kofi Coburn. I know it sounds kind of crazy, but I, I think it's true.
2: All right, you, you guys hit the pick and roll defense. Uh, you hit the the switching pressure defense. I, I will say one less foul or poor foul shooter on the floor because he was a sixty two percent career free throw shooter, and a game problem. I think the biggest thing you guys didn't say was that for drivers the lane now opens up, right? For that for that length, you now have the ability to get into the paint, and there's not a seven foot man parked on the block. Now the cons, I mean, let's be real. This dude averaged twenty and ten. How many people in this? yeah <laughs> the yeah. podcast have averaged 20 and 10 in the big 10 none of us right uh while shooting's almost 60 from the field last season like jeff said you could punk people with his size and, and this is a two time consensus all-american i mean like that's pretty crazy to be like are there pros and cons to him not he being it against room? men in the league like that's the yeah thing. with He's zach doing- ed and and right. you know hunter dickinson and trace yeah. jackson davis and also, the the physical intimidation aspect of it where it's like, all right, this dude's enormous. He he can physically punk us. But with that being said, it is a valid conversation. Is this a pros or cons deal? So I, I go both ways. I, I'm not sure. I mean, I think Kobe Coburn is a great player. I wish I ever was t- 20 and 10. <laughs> that would be that's balling. But I, I don't he know knew. pros and cons. It's it's really fascinating to talk about.
1: Painter might wish the same, Robbie.
2: He probably does. He He wanted him to rebound a little bit more.
3: Robbie was a little soft. That was a good rebounder.
1: Uh, Details, details. Uh, Pivoting, staying with the big man. Let's go to Michigan, Hunter Dickinson. In my opinion, he's my pick for preseason player of the year. Could have been. I think he will be eventually. I just love the way he dominates in a game. His body at 7-1. He's really strong. He's aggressive. He's got a great motor, and he can score in a lot of different ways. But somebody else, not named Hunter Dickinson, needs to step up consistently night in and night out and score for Michigan. Gio, who's that going to be?
4: I think it's got to be Lewin. Um, you know, this is this is a, a point guard. He's got a lot of veteran, um, you know, a lot of experience. But the thing, is, the thing about him, though, is that he hasn't really played against any great competition yet. Um, you know, I don't really see it from those other guys that are returning. I don't see it from Bufkin. I don't see it from Terrence Williams. Um, so, you know, I, I, and they've always done well when they have that veteran point guard come in. Um, you know, a, a grad transfer or something along those lines. So I think that he should be the guy, but it's just, can he, you know, that's, that's the one thing that, you know, I, I I'm not sure. Right. There's nothing, there's nothing to really go off of. He hasn't played against anyone good in like two years. I think it is. Yeah. Llewellyn came from Princeton,
3: Uh good shooter. The offense really wasn't run through him uh, at Princeton. It was run through their big. So right. say it'll his be name. interesting. Say, say his name, Joe. Jalen Llewellyn. Jalen. No, no, no. Llewellyn. They're big. Llewellyn. They're big. Oh, Tosan. Tosan. What's well, Tosan's I last line. name? I can't say his last name. <laughs> it's a hell of Some insider
2: blood. you are. I don't even know the player's name.
3: Um, well, I'm not going to screw up his last name. <laughs> anyway, uh, Llewellyn is key. He is key because, again, we don't know what he's going to be able to do. Is he, is he a guy capable of, of running the team? Like Mike Smith was so good two years ago for them. He's but the pieces active.
2: around him were awesome. Right. People yeah. don't yes. talk about this. Dude's playing with four NBA players. You know, yeah. like and and Devontae Jones didn't have that luxury. No, he did not. He did
3: not. So you, you're right. And and Llewellyn doesn't have that luxury. Let's be honest. Like this oh, is a team full of unknowns. Get yeah. Howard comes in as a highly touted freshman. He's six eight. He could shoot the hell out of it. But you guys know, as freshmen, you can be an elite shooter, but you may not be an elite shooter as a college freshman.
2: Yeah. Ask John Deebler. John Deebler, elite shooter, did not have a good freshman year shooting the ball. Interesting to look at with Jalen Llewellyn. They played three games last year against high major competition. South Carolina, he had sixteen, five of nine. Minnesota, seven of twenty-one from the field, nineteen points. Oregon State ended up going for fourteen, so not not a real high sample size there. Oregon State, he was five of seventeen.
1: Okay. That being said, however, so it was volume.
2: It was volume last year in his three games against high major comp. I, I have no idea. I, I I saw him play. I did the Asheville tournament last year. I, I think he's a, a good player. I have no idea the type Can of. Can you impact say Tosan's last name? Uh, I used to be able to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I if I looked at it, I think I could. Uh, if I looked yeah. at it, but with that being said, I agree with Kobe Bufkin. I I just worry about. Him shooting, I I don't think he's a great shooter at this point in his career. So, Joey Baker, transfer from Duke, he's coming off hip surgery. Uh, who knows? You know, he that's a that makes that a big question mark. Terrence Williams is a guy that I think has the potential to do it. He did it a couple times last year, but the consistency was not even close. Yeah, he's that scorer. He's no, a he's a glue no, guy, isn't he? No, yeah. I, I agree. I agree. I, I I don't know. I I don't know who steps up with Hunter. Who is okay. an all-American level player, and comes with them. And that, Michigan is the ultimate question mark. There, there are so many pieces here that are freshmen or transfer transferring up, or you know tra- Joey Baker transferring in, and, and he's hurt. So I, I just I don't even know how you evaluate Michigan. Gotta well, see.
1: Gio could not have shaken his head harder when you <laughs> just mentioned Terrence Williams. <laughs> so hey, we- you
2: know what? I'm biased because I saw him against Buffalo last year in the first game of the year, and he balled. He literally yeah. won the game. That's for
1: fair. Recency bias, in a sense. <laughs>
2: that was the first game of the year.
1: <laughs> I mean, at the time, it was recency bias, and it's just it continued was. on. Uh, back to Llewellyn for a second, though. The Princeton transfer... I do think there is a benefit to having somebody who has a high basketball IQ and you have a player that played in the Princeton offense, understands how to play in a read and react system, and that's somebody who you want playing with somebody as dominant as Hunter Dickinson. So I'm curious to see how that chemistry starts to form throughout this season. And I think it's something that we could see become a huge benefit for Michigan down the stretch.
3: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is a team that, again, like, Juwan Howard's done a pretty damn good job there since taking over. Now, he did inherit some pretty good players from line and the culture was strong and all that, but he's done a good job of keeping it together. Last year, they weren't great during the regular season, but they went to the Sweet 16. Two years ago, they were really good in the, in the regular season. Uh, went to the Elite Eight. They were close to getting the Final Four. So, yeah, I like the culture here, and I love the fact that Hunter hasn't na- – he, he's been able to step out a little bit, and he'll get better. Like, last year he did it. And this year, I think he'll be better. As Gio was saying about, like, Race Thompson, he did a little bit. Well, Trace is still – he hasn't shot the three at all. So, yeah, like, yeah. Trace this year, it's going to be kind of a,
2: a a completely new deal. Hunter's gotten used to it already. I, I thought also, Jeff, Hunter took any type of feedback he got last year, and he knocked it out of the park. He worked on his right-hand jump hook. He started shooting perimeter jumpers and and made them. He, he really made strides – Last year, I thought, even though he was great as a freshman, he, he better player as a sophomore. There, there was no doubt about that.
3: Did you hate did you hate Hunter, Gio? Because I, I feel like everybody in the league uh hates Hunter Dickinson because he loves to talk trash. Yeah. No, I like that. You like,
4: know, he, that. He like <laughs> it? I like I like players who talk trash. He 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 messed up Cliff on one play last year and he, he actually started talking like Jobin, one of the fans, but like that's the stuff that you know, gets me going as a player, so I really, I really enjoy it. And I talk to Hunter all the time; he's a good dude. So it's fun. Man. Like no to me, hate. that's no what hate.
3: college is about. As long yeah. as it's in good fun, exactly.
4: like why not? I mean, come on. Yeah. Exactly.
1: Gio, who was the best trash talker in the Big Ten last year?
4: Oh, best trash talker in the Big Ten last year. Um, I mean, we're already talking about Hunter. Hunter's probably the, the best off the top of my head. Uh, Demonte Williams, really is well, he was a really good trash. Illinois talker.
2: could chirp. There's yeah, he, he really knew how to
4: get under your skin for sure. Um, maybe even uh, Tony Perkins as well from Iowa. He was really,
1: pretty- really, yeah,
4: really? yeah. Uh, yeah. good. Hmm.
1: Well, these are all good little insider tips we're getting from our very own Geo Baker here. Uh, Let's go to Ohio State next. Michigan's rival. So let's just keep on moving it right along. Um, A lot of potential upsides with this team. Yes, they lose EJ Liddell and Malachi Branham, um, two of their top scorers. They returned Zed Key, the only starter to return averaged eight and nearly six last season. Uh, What can we expect to see from this Ohio State team? Robbie, they went to the portal and did some damage.
2: (laughs) Yes, they did. (laughs) They're another team where you're like, how the heck does this team fit together? I have no idea. You know, Isaac Likely is is weathered from the Big Twelve. He's a guy that can put up numbers in a variety of ways. He's a really good rebounder. Ice Likely really rebounds the ball well for a guard. He's six five. He's got good size. He can make plays for other people. Not a good perimeter shooter. That, that is where he really struggles. Bruce Thornton, a guy that I think is probably going to play some point guard. Sean McNeil transfers in from West Virginia. He is a perimeter shooter. Justice Suing is going to be really interesting. If he's healthy, that would be a huge addition because he's a proven guy in this league. He's got really good size. You can play him with the three or the four. I think Zed Key is a known commodity, plays his role, can score on the block. You know, I, I think Ohio State is a solid team, but yeah. again, not a roster that blows you away. I I don't know. Another another team where you're like, I have no idea. I really don't until I see him play. I don't I, know. I, I
4: definitely agree. I think like. I don't know, there's just a lot of question marks, right? Which which you could say for, like we were talking about earlier, for pretty much every team. But, you know, when you have a freshman point guard coming in like Thorin, you just don't really know exactly what, what you're going to get from him. And I think he's going to get a big bulk of the minutes right away at, at the point guard spot. Looking at a guy like Zed Key, he's always been, like you said, very solid. But now he's going to have that starting center role. And who is backing him up? Um, freshman. You know, yeah, a freshman. Exactly. So, you know, it, it, there's just a lot of question marks coming in. And if Zed Key gets in foul trouble, that freshman big man, I was watching his tape. He jumps at a lot of basketballs. Like, he's going to get in some foul trouble too very early. He's going to learn fast, you know, how the Big Ten is with their bigs. Yeah. I mean, Felix Opara uh, is different than
3: Zeki. He, he gives him something different, like you said, a shot blocker, but he, he's raw. He's raw yeah. at this point. Uh, Thornton, I've seen play multiple times, their point guard, and I like him. Like, <laughs> he's steady, he's strong. Oh. Um, he's not going to blow you away. But I, I think he'll be good, and, and I love the kid Bryce Sensabaugh. Mm. He's like a 6'6", 230 hundred thirty-pound wing that that just wired his score. Uh, Holtman compared him to David Roddy, the kid at Colorado State, a little bit because of how he's built. Uh, but he he can really score. I, they're probably a year away,
2: you know. It, if, Jeff, this was the number one recruiting class in the Big Ten, correct?
3: Yeah, but a lot of times that's based on numbers, not. And I'm not talking and vol- about like,
2: and volume.
3: Yes. Yes. You know, like people are, are hitting me right now. The Texas Tech idiots uh, fans are hitting me on the fact that they have the best transfer uh, class coming in.
2: Clip, clip that, please. Clip that. You can clip that.
3: That's, <laughs> fine. That's fine. You clip that and put it out there too. But but part of it is due to volume. They they bring in five guys. Well, Kerwin Walton average like three a game. You know, like like come on, come on, people. Anyway, there's a Big Ten show. So I don't I don't want to get off track.
1: Oh, I was gonna let you keep on going. You had the platform. <laughs> Go uh-huh. off about the Red Raiders if you want. We know your, your Christmas Hanukkah gifts are going to be this season yes, yes. from us.
4: Very, we'll very March. true.
1: But sticking with this Ohio State team, who can Chris Holtman look to consistently night in and night out to score in double figures?
3: I don't know who it's going to be. I mean, I think they're going to be balanced, and they're going to have to be. Sensabaugh is the one that can be that guy, but it's going to take some time. The one thing with Holtman is, think about this, guys. Who's the best point guard Chris Holtman's ever had as a head coach from his days at Butler to to Ohio State? He hasn't really had a big-time point guard ever. Mm. So give him credit. Like, he's actually got a guy that Thornton might be as good as just about anybody, and and now suing is the key. Like, can suing get back?
2: I thought DJ Carden was going to be really good, but then obviously some of the other issues. Talent-wise, he was as talented as probably any. I'm going to go – I'll go Zed Key. I'll say Zed Keel averaged like ten or eleven or twelve <clears throat> points a game. Yeah, I agree with that for sure.
1: And he's that traditional back to the basket kind of player, though. And you can you can dump it inside to him. You can compete against some of the bigger bodies in this league. But can he defend without fouling to be reliable in that sense?
2: That's a very valid question. I just I think they're if they're going to be successful, it's going to have to be by committee. And Justice suing is going to have to be healthy. If that's the if that's the case, and they they can be a team that finishes in the top five or six in the big 10
1: and not just how I mean healthy from an offensive standpoint, but defensively he led the team in steals with 29 when he was healthy a couple of seasons ago. So that's somebody they're going to need to come back healthy. They got to send some, uh, some of the good medicine to uh, Columbus this season to get them ready to rock and roll. All right, Michigan state. What can we expect to see from Sparty again? I feel like we're a broken records here. This is a team that looks, I mean, this actually team looks somewhat similar. There's a lot to build on with players that are back from last year's roster, but what can we expect to see with so many key players gone, Jeff?
3: Well, I, I actually think Michigan state, at least you kind of know to some degree what you're yeah. dealing with, right? Is didn't go to the portal. You know, he, he brought in some guys, some freshmen, um, their point guard plays probably we will go through the top point guards here in a little bit in the league, but at least you know what you're dealing with, right, Hogard and, and Tyson Walker. And, and Izzo, the one thing he told me last year about Walker, and and I saw him play a couple times in person here at Northeastern, was he felt like because Walker didn't sit out, because the rule changed, he felt like it, it, it just it made it so much harder. If Tyson Walker had a year, To learn the system Mm. at Michigan State, he would have been really good last year. Instead, he really, really struggled. Didn't know when to shoot. Didn't know when to pass. You know, he and Hogar got better as the season went on. Um, You know, again, they're good. They're good. They're just not overwhelming by any means. And you look at what they've done the last two years. They're 20 and 20 in the league over the last two years. Michigan State, they could go 500 again. It wouldn't surprise me.
2: It's they funny also you have- said that or, or, sorry, Megan. It's funny no, you said that about uh about Tyson Walker sitting out because Izzo said the same thing at Media Day. And, and he said he has been so much more comfortable coming into this season because he has that year under his belt. And he looked more comfortable under the year. I mean, he made the game winner against Purdue, he, he had a couple of games where he scored in the in the twenties. But I, I think when you look at, at this group, it's very similar in a sense, to Indiana, where you're like, all right, they bring a good core back, not as much as IU does, but at the same time, you also think, well, this team was not all that great last year. So it'll depend on development. Jay Nakin's foot injury hurts them because he was the guy where you're looking at, like, can he be the dude that makes the jump and is now that guy in the backcourt that can go get you a bucket? Monty Sissoko is a starting center. I think that's underwhelming for Michigan State standard. He's a good backup. Yeah, he is a backup.
3: He's a good but, backup. The kid Kohler, the kid Jackson Kohler is a, a top recruit, but he's more of a skilled guy from everything I've been told.
2: I, I got the sense, though, that Sissoko would be the starter.
3: Just he probably from- will be because he can yeah. rebound. He's an yeah. ISO type of player, at least. Like Kohler's not ready yet. He, he needs to find – you know how he loves to have guys that can get in the glass. Yep. He's not going to get out tough right?
2: Regardless of what happens from a toughness standpoint, if they don't take care of the ball better, yeah. it doesn't so matter. I think, they I have think been they terrible turning I the I basketball over. And, and honestly, Malik Hall needs to be a guy where he's got to show up every night. Like I mean, that dude gonna, is talented right. enough to be an all-league player, yeah. and there's no question in my mind about that. But you have games where you watch him and you're like, that dude is all-league. And then you have games where you watch him and you're like, he's taking two shots. And you can't. if you take two shots, you haven't even given yourself a chance yeah. I'd rather him go 0 for 13. And at least you're like, well, at least you tried. Like, you're that good of a player. He needs to get 10, 11 shots a game.
1: Uh, Gio, you were talking about, you think the same thing?
4: Yeah, no, I definitely agree. But, I, you know, I think, you know, at the end of the day, we, we talk about all these different question marks. You know, they have a, a very solid backcourt coming back, right? Like AJ Hoggard and Tyson Walker are going to be a very good backcourt at the end of the day in the Big Ten. Um, you know, and then you look at Malik Hall, a guy who I honestly think is going to take that next step up. And the last thing is you should never doubt Tom Izzo like that. that Very <laughs> that's true. Like I, I'm never going to doubt Tom Izzo. I think he just has that aura around him where, you know, again, we, like, Dan, we're going to play at Michigan State. Um, It's a tough place to play, too. So I, I think they're going to have a good team. They have a good core coming back. And, you know, these these are guys who know who know what it takes. Right. They know what it takes to win the Big Ten. Obviously, they they haven't had that same success that Michigan State is used to, but Tom Izzo is going to have them ready to play every single game.
1: Well, Tom Izzo has them ready to play a gauntlet of a non-conference schedule. Listen to this. November 11th, they're playing Gonzaga. 11-15, Kentucky. November 18th, Villanova. November 20th, Alabama. November 30th, Notre Dame. I mean, my goodness. Can you imagine being an assistant coach and having to put together the scouts back-to-back-to-back for this?
3: This is what's good for college basketball, though. This is like I love Izzo for this because, again, too many coaches that have job security play a bunch of of buy games and garbage games and don't like play, especially when you have these long contracts. Like Cal Perry's doing it now, obviously playing Gonzaga, playing Indiana, but like all these these guys that have big-time contracts and have job security should be playing these non-conference games more and I know they complain. Well, we got twenty, you know, twenty game league schedule. This, that, and the other. Come on, enough. It's good for the sport.
2: Well, and after the Bama game, they play the winner or loser of UConn and Oregon. <laughs> PKI, like that is an insane. How do you like schedule. that? But, but you know what? Why would you not schedule like? Well, I, maybe not to this extent because you could get your team beaten down with this. But playing high major teams only helps you. Playing by games against teams with the 300 Ken Palm does not help you. It can only hurt you.
4: Gio, as a
1: player, how, how do you get up for these back-to-back-to-back-to-back games? But it's against the best in the country.
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's definitely going to be super difficult for them, but at the end of the day, it's going to help them come March, right? It's going to help them come late February. It's going to help them when they're playing in the Big Ten, playing against some of these other, you know, big teams. Uh, for me as a player, we never really played a great non-conference schedule. You didn't know. I can't, I can't really speak from experience. You had the 300 non-conference. Yeah, we're, I was hearing you guys saying, I was waiting for one of you guys to be like,
3: Geo, what about Russians? Oh, it was terrible. Uh, <laughs> every year, Pike. Pike's got to step it up. But but again, I get it. I get it. He's finally got his big contract. Mm-hmm. He's got job security. So, Pike, if you're listening, start <laughs> playing some dudes in the non-conference. Come on. Gio wants it too.
1: The tip from Jeff Goodman. Well, Rutgers did go to the NCAA tournament last season, as did Purdue. And it's a team that, again, lost some of its core, but it returned Zach Eady, who could be one of the best post players in the country. Robbie, what are we going to see from this Purdue team? Are they a contender for the Big Ten title?
2: Yeah, I think they will be right there. And now that it depends on their guard play. But if we start with the front court, there might not be a team – I don't think there's a team in the Big Ten, maybe not even in college basketball, it's going to have the depth at the four and the five that Purdue is going to have with Zach Eady, Caleb First, Mason Gillis, and Trey Coffin-Ren. That's four really, really good players. The question marks, though, for the team are are the backcourt. Is Brandon Newman a guy that can maybe get back to his freshman year form where he's making shots, defending? The point guard position is totally in flux. Braden Smith, I know they're really high on him, but he's a freshman. David Jenkins transfers in from Utah. I think Fletcher Lawyer is going to play a lot at the two, uh, so they're going to depend on two freshmen in, in that backcourt. Oh. That's going to be that. That makes oh. that, that puts a question mark on you. But with that front court, it, it does give you a chance. You can throw it to Zach Eady, and you can get baskets. Jeff is a, is being a hater. It's a
3: guards now. game. Like
2: you're not winning with with. It's a guards game, and there <laughs> and it's a Bigs league this year. What we're talking <laughs> about the Big Ten, are we not? I still think the difference. What did the is- almanac say? Listen, I know the <laughs> almanac. Listen, Who wrote the I got almanac, almanac right here? What does the almanac say? It, it says
3: year. Uh, the year of the pig. The, the year of the paper price. copy. You got the paper copy. To say to And copy. You if you want to buy it, it,
1: it's in the link in bio below here on the YouTube channel. Oh, right. It took a full...
3: A full toner cartridge to print this baby <laughs> out, all right? Full toner, like 75 so do you not toner. even believe but,
2: what you write? Or like, I've listen, read that crap, All and you're I'm like, they tell me about how we don't have any guards. Well, all you've written about is bigs.
3: You're going to play two guards, two freshman guards
2: together? But they've got Ethan Morton out there, Brandon Newman. I'm not saying all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ethan Morton's a, a solid player. Brandon Newman can be a, a solid piece. I I think Purdue is going to have a good year, honestly. Jeff, when game.
4: was the last time Purdue had like an elite point guard, though? Um, it, uh, uh, Lewis Jackson, Lewis Jackson, he wasn't good a player. lead but he was—he was a good, really
3: good college player, really good. I, think, player. I mean, I, I mean, they have made he, he made, have, he made Rami humble who he is basically.
2: Yeah, they have not. You're I mean, not old point
4: guard in the, in the in the last recent years, and you know yeah. they've still managed to be at the top of the league almost every year. Yeah, so right. I, I think. No, that, I, that, listen, in Painter, I trust. That's yeah. what I will say. I after say. all
2: this shit, now we're gonna hear <laughs> in Painter, I trust. I do. Goodman no, did listen. set him
1: as the best X's and O's coach in the Big Ten in the Almanac.
2: That's 100%. true. 100%. That's true. Well, he, believe, he, he actually believes half of the shit he writes. Good job, <laughs> Jeff. You're 50%. That's terrific. Listen, all I know is I will pay uh, Zaki.
3: – I'll pay you, Rob. I will pay you $200 if, you try, if we go down in practice and you try one-on-one to guard Zachy. $200. I'm 33 years old. Why would I subject $500? $500, $500.
2: For a thousand, I'll do it.
3: <laughs>
1: and we will live stream it.
3: We don't need a, a third. I got to see that. Gotta gotta see that. See
2: the good that. news is if you can't move or jump, it's really hard to blow your knee out.
1: <laughs> these are, these are good health tips from Robbie Hummel. Yes. The one thing I love about Matt Painter is that he takes so much pride in recruiting players that want to stay in college for three or four years. And I think that's been a formula for success for him, which is not something that's necessarily shown to be super successful in college basketball as a whole, because this truly is the era of one and dones, but yet he's found success recruiting and developing players and Jeff, how hard is it to find, I mean, with this generation now, people who are patient enough to go to a school, develop, work on their game and stay patient for their time to come?
3: Yeah, I mean, there was a reason he didn't get Nigel Pack, right? He got outbid for him for 400 grand a year uh, by Miami. That's Matt Painter. He's not going to give on uh, his principles. He's not he, he and he's not going to get away from the players that have made Purdue and him successful. That's the one thing I always respect about Matt Painter. Pike is the same way. Those guys are, they're, they're ball coaches at their core and there's no bullshit about them. And, and, and that's what you got to love about both of them. They're going to be straight shooters.
4: 100%. I, I think I, both I those guys a, are,
2: or, sorry, Joe, go ahead. Go ahead. Gio. I was going to say, I have
4: a ton of respect for coach Painter. I think even just from like an outside perspective, you can just tell that he truly cares about the guys. And, you know, I feel like he's every year, he's going to get the best out of his team. Like every year you know what you're going to get from Purdue. You're going to get convoluted plays and then a big man down low where you're going to find him. And, and, you know, obviously Zach Eady right now is one of the best returning players. I think he's, he's going to be a beast down low. And any of those guys, Brandon Newman, Ethan Morin, one of those guys is going to be the one coming off, you know, three down ball, three ball screens, three, uh, three down screens. (laughs) And uh, right now, seriously though, they have like, they have like 50 different plays. I remember I used to, I would always try to be the guy to like call out the other team's plays. I would call it out. Coach Painter would be looking at me laughing. He's like, you don't know what we're running right now. You're like, absolutely right. I have no idea what you guys are running. For. I'm still going to call it out. Uh, you know, but that's what they're going to have. Right. So as long as those guys are making shots, they're going to get open. They're going to get open. looks. so it's just up to them. They're going to make shots. Then Zach Eadie's obviously going to be a beast.
2: The problem, Geo is they have counters to the counters to the counters. Yeah, like and they, just, they, they set it up like that, which is what I, makes it I so hard it. To, to see. Hey. I, I think, oh, like, though, quick really question. quick, Jeff, it, with Peichel and with Coach Painter, yeah. both those guys – and Coach Peichel, I think, it's, has become this as the success has grown, but you become so much more confident in yourself as a coach and comfortable in your own skin to say, this is the type of player that I need to win. And I, I think Coach Paint has really found that. It's it's pretty amazing that other than Tom Izzo, he's now the second-longest tenured coach and has been in the league since 05 That's – that, That's pretty wild that he is approaching 20 years of coaching in the big 10. But I think that he is as confident in what he needs and what he does as he's ever been in his, in his coaching career. And that's why he gets guys that fit. And that's why he wins.
1: Speaking of players that fit, I'm really excited to watch Iowa this season. I think it's a team that obviously lost a lottery pick in Keegan Murray, but Chris Murray, his twin brother is back and great shooter, but also, could potentially do more than just show that three-point shot. Gio, what are you expecting to see from this Iowa team, specifically with Murray?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think the thing about Keegan Murray is, you know, he never really forced shots. Like, everything was always within the offense. Like, I don't think Iowa's going to ch- – obviously, Keegan Murray was an amazing basketball player. Like, no one, no one here can deny that. But in terms of the way he was getting his points, it was always in the offense. I think Chris Murray is going to fit into a similar role. I don't think it will be the same at all, and, it, and no one should expect him to be the same. Um, but you look at the guys around him, too, the McCaffrey brothers, Perkins, Eulis, These are all guys who have played in the system. They understand Iowa's offense. And you know uh, Coach McCaffrey is going to get things done in the offensive end. I think they're going to still run the ball the exact same. They're going to get great shots, great looks. Um, you know, I don't, I don't expect their offense to look much different. It's just going to be different guys in the positions.
2: Rob, I, I totally agree with what Geo just said. Keegan Murray scored on rim runs, offensive rebounds, yeah. a little ISO at the elbow, and it was just, it was all within it was it was so easy for him. I mean, you look up first ten minutes; it's like this dude's got fourteen points, and, and they haven't run one play for him. It, yeah. It's all on simple stuff. So I I think that that's hundred percent accurate that he is going to continue to run his stuff. I think Peyton Sanford's a kid that could, could really have a nice sophomore year. He, he he didn't necessarily make shots at a high level as a freshman, but he wasn't afraid to take them, and he had a couple games where you're like, all right, this, this dude can really shoot. And from hearing about practice, he, he is a big-time shooter. Patrick McCaffrey, I think, is is a really good player in the Big Ten. I think he's going to take a step forward. I, I like this team. Aaron Ewells and Tony Perkins can have nice seasons, and I think Iowa can have a really nice year as well.
1: Jeff Payton Sanford could be my favorite player in the big 10, potentially. I love watching his game. He's yes. Consistency with shooting is going to come, I think, but he plays so hard. He's the type of player. that's going to dive on the floor for loose balls. He does all of the little things. He's a smart guy. I just think he's somebody that could really be an X factor for this Iowa team.
3: Yeah. Fran McCaffrey loves him. Said he had an unbelievable off season. So I think Sanford's a guy that like, could be a starter, but it'll probably come off the bench. But I'll mm. see starter type minutes. Uh, I'm a big Tony Perkins guy. Uh, Patrick McCaffrey, like they've just got everything. It, it's funny they lost two huge players, right? Obviously, we haven't even talked about Bohannon and, and how he could shoot the three. They've lost two big time players, but they still bring back a ton. Yeah. And, and I think all those guys will will take a jump. Maybe not a huge jump, but I think you could have three guys all of, of McCaffrey. Perkins and and Murray average in 14 a game. Um, and, and then again, Sanford's going to be good. The key here is going to be point guard play. And whether Aaron Uless or the freshman who I've seen, uh, Desante Bowen, he came from Brewster Academy. He's talented. I yeah. could see them splitting the point guard position in the minutes, but I, I think that's going to determine how good, uh, Iowa is at the end of the day.
2: I sense a theme brewing here with a lot of these teams with the, uh, the point guard play. Yes. <laughs> that's well, a, that's on, a good tease.
1: And, well, there you go. Well, we can k- keep talking about point guard play. Wisconsin, a team that, again, lost a great player in Johnny Davis. They lost Brad Davidson, who's as old as Jeff Goodman is, and finally no longer <laughs> on the roster at Wisconsin. But what's this Wisconsin team going to look like, Gio? Oh,
4: man, I don't know. Um <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I don't. I don't love their team right now on paper, but I think that has been said every single year. I saw some preseason rankings of them last year where they were like picked like 10th in the league. Um, I really like Chucky Hepburn. Uh, I got a chance to meet him um, at the NIL Summit in Atlanta this past year. He's a really confident dude, really good player. I think he's going to take a big step up. And, you know, he, he played really well against us last year. And that's that's tough as a freshman to come in, you know, come to the rack and, and play the way he did against us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching them play. Obviously he has great pieces around him as well.
1: Robbie, what does this Wisconsin team look like without Johnny Davis?
2: Offensively, that is a phenomenal question that, uh, I don't have the answer to, and I'm not sure that Greg Gard has the answer to yet. It's, it's certainly helped. They took the foreign trip to, to France to kind of iron some of that stuff out. I, I think this team goes as far as, as Chucky Hepburn, Tyler wall, Steven crowd, take him, and Jordan Davis is a guy that might take a jump I it's amazing the parallels between Keegan Murray and Johnny Davis with the twin like all that stuff is crazy and and I think it's fair to say that Chris Murray is ahead of where Jordan Davis was last season easily but I mean Max Klezman transferred from offered I I don't know I, this is another team where you're like did I just I don't know there's there's not it's hard to say other than those three guys Tyler Wall, Stephen Crow, Chucky Hepburn you just haven't seen much of anybody else, so I, I don't know what they're going to look like. It's going to be fascinating.
3: They're going to play in some of the ugliest yes. games. Yes, you do know that. Their that style of play is going to, to be <laughs> that. No doubt. Like, guaranteed. Awesome basketball. Right. They're going to play in the – there'll be some 40s. You There'll be some 40s this year yeah. in
1: Wisconsin. Yikes. 40s, Jeff? That's yep. your prediction?
2: Yep. But their style of play gives them a chance in, in most games because they, yeah. they slow it down. They frustrate teams. They defend I think they'll do those things, but I I just think offensively it, it's a massive. I don't know.
1: <laughs> there's, I mean, if there's anything we have confirmed during this 45 minutes, it's been we don't know a lot of things. There's a lot of question marks headed into this. Event. That's all going. It is, and it's kind of it's the beauty of it, but also the curse of it as well. Geo, nobody knows Rutgers like you do. What are we going to see from a Geo Bakerless Rutgers team?
4: Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to see Rutgers basketball, right? You talk about ugly basketball. There's going to be be some defensive ugly battles, 100%. I think that's the first thing. But, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of question marks around their role players and who's going to step up. But I think looking at the things that we do know, Paul Mulcahy is the returning lead assist guy in the league. Cliff Omarui, in my opinion, I think is going to get drafted first round this year as long as he handles his business. Caleb McConnell is the reigning defensive player of the year. I mean, these are three big pieces and guys who know how to win. Like, at the end of the day, they have seven scholarship guys coming back who have been to back-to-back NCAA tournaments. Coach Pico is a great coach. They're obviously going to be playing defense. They're going to be scrappy. Uh, I'm excited to watch them play. I'm a lot higher on them, uh, all bias included, of course, than a lot of people are. Um, you know, But, I, but I, really, I really like the team they have. Cam Spencer, I've seen them practice a couple of times. The kid Cam Spencer is the most competitive person I have ever met. Like, and I've met a lot of competitive people. Coach Peichel is very high on that list. Paul Mulcahy is very high on that list. Cam Spencer tops them all by far. Like, the dude genuinely gets mad when he misses two shots in a row. I think he's adjusting really well to Big Ten defense, and uh, he's going to be ready to go from day one.
1: Well, he comes from an athletic family. Pat Spencer played basketball at Northwestern and was an all-star lacrosse player throughout college. Um, Maryland, Robbie. What are we going to see Kevin Willard taking over? This is a new team. Weird situation last year, but can they put the pieces together pretty quickly early on?
2: You know, I, I'm i a little conflicted here with Maryland because on, on one end, you're like, all right, new coach, even though Kevin Willard is a really good basketball coach, they bring back some really nice pieces. Dante Scott, Hakeem Hart. I, lo- I like Julian Reese. I think that he's a guy with incredible upside in, in this league. Donald Carey, the transfer from Georgetown, is a guy that's done it in the Big East. Jameer Young is going to have to be good at the point position. And again, you're transferring up from Charlotte. So that's a question mark. The bench is just light. You know, Ian Martinez is an athlete. Outside of him, there, there just isn't really much. I think Jahari Long is a guy that transferred, came with Kevin Willard. But didn't he average a point or two a game, I think? He 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 didn't play a lot. What What's the bench dude's name that you were telling me on last year, Jeff? For Maryland. Oh,
3: he's, he's at Missouri State now. Uh, uh Oh, man. You got me. Uh, oh,
2: you forgot his name. He was so good. So, yeah, yeah with his departure. <laughs> I, Bobby rips
3: on me for this one. Uh, I'll remember it. James, some James something, wasn't it? Is it James? Yeah, James, uh, James, Graham. James. James Graham. James Graham. I want to say but James with, If
2: James Graham was on this team, I'd so, be like, over. Or higher. Yeah, but He wasn't brother. even on the
4: scout, Jeff. He wasn't even on the scout.
2: <laughs>
3: the bit, the bit. <laughs> look good. Hey, we look good in that preseason <laughs> practice. You know, Gosh. really good.
2: Jeff got sucked in by one great day for James Graham. I I (laughs) worry about the bench, though. But there are some pieces. I think they'll compete, and I think they'll beat some good people in the league this year.
1: Gio just said he wasn't on the scouting report. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Uh, Speaking of scouting reports, Jeff, Penn State – Who's on their scouting report? What can we expect with Shrewsbury this year?
3: Yeah, I mean, like, he's got Pickett back. Lundy's back. He adds a couple transfers, mid-major transfers that you don't know how good they're going to be. I mean, Cameron Winter from Drexel and uh, Andrew Funk from Bucknell. They put up numbers, but it'll be interesting to see. I mean, obviously, you're playing for years three and four here. If Penn State can get in the top, I don't know, nine, I think, in the Big Ten this year, they're doing a hell of a job. And then you're putting yourself in a situation where you can get some momentum going because they certainly had it a few years ago before the pandemic hit. And then obviously with everything that happened with Pat Chambers uh, getting fired, that kind of took some of it away. Uh, Shrewsbury is like he, he's I mean, he's going to do a good job. Penn State is a lot like Rutgers to me without the home court advantage. Yeah. Right. Like that's the difference. Rutgers. It's am I wrong, Gio? It's a really quiet place to play. Right. Really, quiet. Nobody. Right. Yeah, they don't. I mean, it's so, football. It's all yeah. football, where at least you guys have a home court advantage. Penn State does not. Right. Um, So, the, you know, it, it's probably one of the tougher jobs in the league, because, again, I don't know how much it the interesting thing nowadays, guys, is and I know this wasn't something that was on the rundown that we want to talk about, but NIL, how much it helps or hurts you as a you don't have to be a great recruiter anymore, necessarily like I'll still say this. Mike Woodson, I don't think he's the most relentless recruiter in the world. But what does Mike Woodson have right now in Indiana? He has NIL and he can sell the NBA. Those are the two most important things right now to be able to get kids. For sure.
1: Well, and then you have the fact that college basketball is the NBA free agency with no salary cap. So literally you have trades happening essentially during the year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But that's a fabulous point. You don't have to be... A dog in recruiting anymore. You gotta can have just an NIL, though. You gotta have to have some money, exactly. Have
2: a big bank, big bank. Big wins.
1: bank. All right. Let's get into a little around the war in action, shall we? Um, some league superlatives. We're gonna kind of go somewhat of a rapid fire situation here, starting with you, Gio. What's the biggest X? Ex- Who is the biggest X ex- factor in the league this year for you? I
4: think it's Xavier Johnson. Right. I think, I think, he's going to be in a super important part of Indiana, right? We already know what Trace Jackson Davis can do. We already know what Ray Thompson can do. Uh, For them to be, to live up to that preseason hype, I think he needs to take that step up as a, you know, one of the top three point guards in the league, right? Top two, maybe. Um, I really, I I think they're going to go as he goes.
1: Like that. Robbie?
2: I could go Chris Murray, but I feel like he's pretty no. I'm going to go Justice Suing because his health is so up in the air if he's healthy and he's good then I think Ohio State is going to have a pretty nice year yeah.
1: Jeff
3: uh, Braden Smith produced freshman
2: <laughs> if he's
3: good they could be fantastic they could be really good yeah, uh, Jeff is flip-flopping out here no I'm saying he's going to be the X factor I'm not I, I listen, heard you Painter, painter's comparison and again you guys he's a little older but but you may know who he is because he was an NBA head coach Scott Skiles is who he compares him to. Plymouth oh.
2: Indiana baby
3: that's right. That's right. Very true. So I, I think Braden Smith's going to be key for them. Uh, and again, he could take them to where they're an a eighth-place team if he's not really that good this year, to where they could finish second in the league if he's really good.
1: Well, we can stick with point guards. Want to go around and get your thoughts on who the top three point guards in this league are? Let's go uh, sneak version. Jeff, start with you.
3: Uh, where is my list here? Uh, I'm gonna go Xavier Johnson for A sure. List. Well, Xavier Johnson for sure is number one. Uh, like I don't think there's any sure. question in my mind. He's number one in, in the league, right? We're going. We are doing point guards, right? We're
1: doing yeah. point guards. Yeah.
3: Okay. I don't know. Gio's laughing at me here. Yeah, because right? he hates your pick. That's why. What do uh, you mean? I, all I got is one pick so far. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Chucky Hepper number two. And I know he's not there yet. I get it. He's not there yet. I think he'll be there at the end of the year, and I think he's got a lot on his on his plate. I will go him, number two, and then I'll go uh, A.J. Hogard, number
2: three. Robbie. I'm, I'm going Xavier Johnson, one, as well. I'm combining Tyson Walker and A.J. Hogard because they that. they That's split illegal. the position. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, they're number two, and I went Paul Mulcahy, three, with Chucky Hepburn, like a three B yeah
1: there are are are, no rules do not apply to
2: Robbie (laughs) 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 I got
4: I got Paul at number one I think he's gonna have multiple double doubles this year um you know I've played with him. He's- that's why you're killing me. That's why you're killing me. Yeah, He's- I didn't obviously. put him in my top three. Well, well I, that I don't. I just I don't. I, don't I see think it's egregious you didn't have
2: him in the top three. Honestly, that's probably, probably true. There. Are we probably. counting Pickett as a point guard? Are we counting Jeff Pickett? is. He wanted to put you up for the the power forward of the year last year too. I think. <laughs> I don't know what Pickett's not really a point, but that's is he okay. play the point? Yeah. I mean, he brought
4: it up a lot last year. From the saying like I- he's
2: a combo at yeah. most. Yeah. He's a score. He's
4: just right, so if we're not counting picket, then I got Xavier Johnson and then I got Hepburn at number three.
1: All right. There you have it. Toughest trap game in the non-conference for Big Ten teams. Robbie Hummel is so excited to give his answer. We're going to let him start.
2: All right. I did a deep dive of the schedules and I went into the Penn State schedule and I saw <laughs> I saw that on November 17th. They play Furman. And it's the game directly after they play Butler, which obviously Coach Shrewsbury has a history of being an assistant on the team's won at the national championship. Oh, Furman Paladins are good. They were they were a second away from making the NCAA tournament. Half court shot by David Jean Baptiste and Chattanooga. Mike Bothwell and Jalen Slovis can hoop. The Man. Furman Paladins are the trap game for Penn State.
1: Man. Heard it here first, Jeff. Who you got?
2: I'm gonna have to borrow one from
3: Rob. I'm, I'm looking right now, and I would say. Um, Maine against Nebraska, Omaha against Nebraska, Arkansas, Pine Bluff against Nebraska. Um, anything else we got? <laughs> battle The battle in the vault in Lincoln, either Drake or Mississippi State. They, hey, here's one, December 20th. I don't know if they have to play. Oklahoma Wesleyan plays Concordia. Forget it. Maybe they they play Queens University. Okay, so move I would on. Every
4: game, but, Geo
1: Baker, who you got? Maybe.
4: He took a bailout. He started saying Nebraska. (laughs) I'm going, I'm going with Temple for Rutgers. Um, You know, Caleb Battle is a number one. He's a New Jersey kid, really tough score. Um, You know, they were picked top five. They were picked top five preseasons to finish in the American. Also for Rutgers, it's their first road test. It's a neutral site game. Those games suck. I hate neutral site games. You know, there's like no real crowd for either side. It just feels weird. Um, so that's going to be tough for them and obviously Rutgers, you know has a, a lot of role players that you know a lot of question marks around it. so it's gonna be their first real road test.
1: Who will be the best player in the big 10? Geo?
4: Trace Jackson Davis. I think I, I, I don't you know Hunter Dickinson maybe could give him a run for his money, but I think looking at you know the numbers that he put up last year, um, the hype around him coming back, uh, I think he's on a mission this year. I do. I, I I think that's the reason he came back is is to you know leave his imprint. So I, I definitely pick Trace Jackson Davis for sure.
1: Robbie,
2: I don't know if he'll be the best player because I think Hunter Dickinson could very well be that. But I think winning matters so much. So and I since I picked Indiana to win the league in the preseason, I, I'm going to go Trace Jackson Davis as well. And that's not a slight to him because I think he's going to have a really good year. Um, but. You could have picked Hunter Dickinson as well, and I would say I'm with it. But because I had Indiana, I'm going with Trace.
3: Yeah, that's best, best player on the best team. That's what I generally do, and I think it'll be Trace. I think Hunter's numbers will be better, uh, but again, to me, winning matters. That's the yeah. separator there.
1: I would go with Hunter simply most valuable player to a team, and Hunter brings the most value to his team, in my opinion, more than Trace Jackson Davis does. But we'll see how it plays down the stretch. Power rankings, it's now time for the grand reveal. We'll start with number 14 because we got to give the people what they want, keep them on the edge of their seat so they'll stay and watch who your number one is. So everyone get their list out. You guys probably already have them in front of you. That was an unnecessary comment to make. Prepared, prepared. All right. 14, who you have, Gio?
4: I got Nebraska. I don't don't really have much. Everyone has
1: Nebraska, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 13. A lot lot
2: of trap games out there for them, according to Jeff.
1: <laughs> 13, <laughs> Jeff.
2: Uh, going with Minnesota. Everyone
1: have Minnesota for 13? I've, I've
2: got Northwestern at I got, 13.
4: I got Northwestern as well. Yeah. Okay. 12. I got, I got them at 12.
1: 12. You I've got
2: 12. the golden,
3: golden govers for me at 12. Me as well. Yeah. Right, I got. So those are the bottom three. Clear Clear bottom tier is yeah. Northwestern, Minnesota, Nebraska. Yeah. 11. I have Rutgers. I have Rutgers. Oh, Theo, do. don't take oh, this. Oh man, it's first first show down. We lost you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean, it just shows the importance of Tio Baker. In hey, that's tr- it's the ultimate respect by dog That's your right. school. I, that's I, got, I got Penn State. You're not even gonna give him over Penn State. <laughs> I think the tier. I think there's a four team tier there that that's very hard to. uh I can't like, wait
2: till the fans at the rack hear this. They are oh, going yeah. to murder you, yeah. murder yeah. you. I'm gonna get them on you. So I'm retweeting this. Go clip that. <laughs> yeah, clip that up. <laughs> clip it up.
1: Now you're gonna have the Rutgers fans coming yeah. as well. Yeah. It's yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. You
2: didn't Jersey wait, too, Honestly, though. Jeff, you you think that Maryland's gonna be better than than
3: Rutgers? I have Maryland at ten. I, I, right. They're close. All these next three or four teams are
2: close. <laughs> right. i
1: I've, I've got.
2: I've got Maryland at eleven.
1: Yeah, Maryland at eleven. Who do you have at nine?
2: uh I've got well I've got Penn State at 10 I've got Rutgers at nine
1: Rutgers at nine Geo?
4: Maryland at 10 I got Wisconsin at nine mm-hmm.
2: I got
1: right.
4: I got Penn State at nine I got Wisconsin at eight All
2: I have right. the Badgers Badgers eight as well I have Ohio State at eight
1: Ooh. Oh.
2: so he's got Rutgers in the top seven yes he does Rutgers at
1: at not, and is, is Rutgers your number seven
4: Rutgers is not my number seven. Michigan. See, he's got him all the way up there. Look at this. Homer and is my number seven. I got insider information, man.
2: That's true. He does. Yeah. I've got. I've got the Buckeyes number seven. Ohio State. I have Purdue at seven. Wow.
1: <laughs> wow. Really? That's point guard, big man. Point guard. It's about oh, big on right, the man. point guard. It's a big I'm sleeve. Huge it's on the point big guard. On the point guards. Huge. Man. All right. Uh. Six.
2: I'm going with the. Or go ahead, Gio. Sorry. I have Rutgers at six. I
4: have Rutgers at six.
2: (laughs) I've got the Michigan Wolverines. Michigan Wolverines at six.
1: I got
3: Michigan State at six.
1: Wow. Okay. Five. Goodman.
3: Uh, Michigan at five. I've got Michigan
2: State.
1: Okay. I have Michigan. Four.
3: Ohio State.
2: I'm going with the Iowa Hawkeyes. I have Purdue.
1: Three.
2: Illinois. I've got Purdue. I got
4: Iowa.
1: You guys cannot have more different power rankings. We're <laughs> this up. My goodness, number <laughs> That's two. That's how you know how hard. It I is. mean, Lily.
2: Second through ninth is like crazy. I have. No, it could be any order. You could scramble the teams and throw them in a hat and pull them out, and it would make sense. I. I it could be anything.
1: Yeah. All right. Number two, Geo.
4: I got Indiana. Oh, I'm throwing shots. shots. I got Iowa. I got Iowa,
2: too. Gio's still thinking about the Ron Harper celebration. I (laughs) lost Sam Cassell at Assembly Hall last year. I'm going with Illinois, too.
1: So that means number one, Gio? I
2: have Illinois.
1: Illinois, okay.
2: I have
3: my my 50 grand going (laughs) to Indiana. 50 grand in the number one spot.
2: I think Jeff's picks have really sucked tonight, but I'm going to go with him on this one. I go Indiana as well.
1: Wow. Generous. Already. There you have it, guys. Our power rankings. This is your field of 68 after dark. Big 10 preview show. Forget what else I'm supposed to say as we sign off. Make sure you look at the almanac. That's going to be big for you. It's the best guide for college basketball. More than a thousand pages it feels like jeff goodman practically ran out of ink and in a printer printing this out but it is just the most detailed access you're going to want to college basketball the link is below us on our youtube page 1999 make sure you get it make sure you subscribe to us make sure you check out our shop field of 68.shop get yourself some merch are we gonna to have to make a t-shirt about robbie hummel's uh vertical
3: yes absolutely
2: the 19 and a half vert has to how, go how many dunks does Jeff have in his life zero <laughs> so I
3: don't Hummel's give a space. shit
2: about my vertical at, at this age
3: actually we'll have a picture of Hummel swinging golf club because that's all he does uh, with his vert underneath
1: perfect you have the design ready to okay. go okay. this is the Field of 68 After you. Dark Media Network powered by Bet Rivers our next show is Monday we are previewing the Pac-12 we'll see you then